Um... Oh, hey, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. To our listeners, Kate was just rattling off a slow, tumbling list of topics, and I decided to just just ambush. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Wouldn't you think I'm a middle-aged girl? A girl who has everything. That's a mighty low key for that song. It's a mighty what now? Low key. It's just, you're, you're, you gave me a, a baritone that I was not expecting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that it was a baritone. Um, I hope someday I wake up and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be Ethel Merman for the second half of my life. <laughs> I'm going to pull a Kathy Bates and become a late in life actress. <laughs> And everyone's going to be like, wow, she must have been at this for a while to really be pushing this hard in, in middle age. You know, like, I'll just pretend I've been cutting my teeth somewhere in Kansas. <laughs> this is a great That's plan. how it works, right? Today, today we're talking about our long-term life goals. <laughs> we are. We are. Um, I have so many. It's just, I'm not going to get them in this lifetime. That's yeah. not the attitude, but like it's also okay. Yeah. You know, my um my cousin passed away mm. um last year and he was young. And uh there's a lot of it in my family there's a we are contending um with um, alcoholism and addiction in my family and um, like many families uh, my cousin uh, fought uh, long and hard and we lost him uh, and I was talking to the priest at his funeral who was like a unit Baptist universalist something super hippie like rainbow <laughs> shoulder flag thing um and she was wonderful and one of the things she said about lifetimes is that she likes to think that all of her dreams are happening for other versions of her in other universes <laughs> i had a moment you know she's like yeah i think in another universe i'm not a priest but i'm you know a grunge rock star you know and like <laughs> and there sure, was something about it that sure. was optimistic and then there was something about it where i was like i don't think that was happening but um nevertheless i think it's important to contend with our mortality mm -hmm. frequently uh so that we can focus on what it is we'd like to experience or do or achieve I'm very achievement based and that's not good Mm -hmm. I'm sort of, I'm sort of rambling. Well, well, I think that's tricky though. Achievement. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's more of like, it's more of a question of, um, of attitude sometimes if you're like, 
I'm going to crush my goals, as the Lululemon folks like to say years ago. Crush them. Rushing it. Just rushing it. Uh, mercilessly beat the shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh my, this is getting rather, this is getting rather physical. <laughs> as opposed to like a question of, of like having, having a sense of like purpose, which isn't necessarily attached to like a, a, a like final achievement, but like a moving in the direction of. Ryan, I'm going to humiliate my goals. <laughs> I'm going dra- to drag them out into the street. I'm going to strip them down and hose them off. That's your new self-help book. Humiliate. Oh my god, it's called Humiliate, humiliate your, your Goals. <laughs> humiliate Your Goals with Kate Robinson. I'm going to cover them in butter. <laughs> There's the there's the title of, of this episode, folks. It came early this this week. <laughs> Humiliate your goals. <laughs> oh, I should say um, before we move on. Uh, thank you to everybody reached out who reached out. There was some like spooky sound anomaly towards the like last ten minutes of last episode, where we started like our audio feed started sort of like jumping or or dovetailing together and it at one point sounds like we're just having two separate conversations that are intertwining and overlapping um and i have no idea what happened and i couldn't figure out how to fix it but it sounds kind of cool um, so i just kind of left it but thank yeah. you this is the unrolled way <laughs> Um, mm. But thank you to everybody that reach, reached out uh, and, and let me know. Because uh, I was like, at first really worried. And then I was like, this is just odd. I don't know. <laughs> um, speaking of shit going magnificently wrong, on Mother's Day. Hard day for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It it's really should just be like a national day of mourning. Because yeah. Mother's Day is hard. I mean, some some of us, it's not. Like, your mom's your best friend. and you know good for you um <laughs> i'm glad you know genuinely uh but you know for a lot of people it's challenging uh in their roles as mothers it's hard uh their relationship with their mothers is strange is strange their mothers aren't in their life whatever it, yeah know, it's a complicated day anyways um mine was particularly complicated um for a myriad of reasons one of which was i ran over my laptop with my car um, <laughs> and I had a moment when it happened. So here's how it happened. I, I had like, um, you know, one of those uh, reusable shopping bags that I like just crammed full of whatever I needed to go wherever I was going. And then I um, was in a rush and I've been flighty lately. And by the way, the term flighty really is, you don't hear it about men much. No. Am I wrong? We mostly call women flighty. Uh, we call uh, guys spacey, maybe. There's another F word. Flighty. Flaky. Flaky. I feel like flighty and flaky get thrown, uh, in, in my experience, more frequently at 
perhaps. It doesn't mean that uh, men aren't. I'm just curious about the gendering of that particular trait. Yes. Because um, I think, like, uh, I don't know. I think we use different terms for it. Um, anyways, yeah. I, I feel that I have um, been, like, my brain hasn't been operating quite the way it used to. My, uh, friend, so, uh, my friend Alex uh, Amorosi, who's a teacher here in town, um, mentioned something to do with Venus and, and clumsiness over the next couple of couple of weeks. And I've had my own share of odd situations go down. <laughs> so continue. Oh, wow. <laughs> totally. And I'm a Libra, so I feel like I'm very susceptible and I'm to Libra Venus things. And I'm rising. Um, so there you go. Who knew this was going to be an astrology podcast? <laughs> Seriously. So I put the bag next to the car, got everything in the car, except the bag, drove over it. <laughs> and here's what, what was interesting to me is this is how I know that my practice matters. This is one of the reasons I know my practice matters is because when, and by the way, this isn't like my vanity laptop. This is my livelihood. This yeah. is like my job. It's, yeah. um, I am attached to the hip to that sucker. And um, when I drove over it, I, a uh, sense of, uh-oh, followed by uh, an unignorable sense of peace came over me. I was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, and um, it was, it was so ridiculous that it was funny and I just didn't care. I mean, I cared, but I didn't care. And I, I resolved it and my boss is the best. Matthew is the best best boss I've ever worked for and we you know we figured out finding another tool for me to use um but upon reflection I really thought about that and it was like when there are minor inconveniences minor ones um I will get in a flurry much quicker but when there's a major one and that to me was a major one um there was peace yeah so like for me it's like oh part of my house is burning down Mm-hmm. Eh. I, f- I felt detached in a in a healthy way from it like I was able to observe it from a distance not freak out and um but only because of the gravity of the situation yeah does that make sense mm-hmm. like sometimes things are so bad it's hysterical <laughs> and yeah. like just doesn't matter it's like ah of course here we are yeah how did we get on? How did we get on this? I don't know. Backtrack. We were talking about something else. I Venus no... clumsiness. Lively. Oh, dreams, goals, aspirations, crushing, humiliating <laughs> goals. <laughs> what goals do you want to humiliate today? You know, the goal I want to humiliate is. Um... <laughs> i've been working hard on not using uh food for comfort Uh uh-huh not that it shouldn't be food for comfort food can totally be for comfort that's reasonable i just have um a knee-jerk reaction to that is the easiest thing for me to do is go to food for comfort so i'm i'm trying to expand my repertoire (laughs) So I feel, that word by me one more time. <laughs> <laughs> really just chew it. 
Just chew on it. As <laughs> it's like I'm spitting out yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I don't know if you call it a goal, um, but there it is. Uh, no, I feel that. What goal are you going to humiliate today? What goal am I going to humiliate today? Um, I'm having a complicated relationship with uh, to-do lists. Um, which is usually how I, not in a like, I've got to get all of this done sort of a way, but in a just, can I get myself organized for everything that has to happen in a day? Um, and uh, like really, like it is a really useful organizational tool for me. And it's just really interesting to notice how I, I just don't have it in me most days and and I think that is really just like amplify and in a way that I can't actually like push through and so I don't know if the pushing through that gets me through so much in life uh is the or my sense is like feeling that as the neurotic tendency. It's like, oh, I'll just push through and get this all done. And then because of the sort of complete uncertain shit show we find ourselves in, that there's just actually no way to do that. It's just like, oh, I, I, I have to stop now. I have to stop. I have to do something else. I have to go lie down. I have to go sit. I have to go do something that doesn't involve me engaging with doing. Um, uh, and so it's very interesting because it's like, if I don't do the exercise of, of just being like, these are all of the things that need to happen then there's also can be like a sense of panic, like I'm forgetting something. But then also by making that, by making the list, sometimes I set myself up for this, like, oh my God, I got everything done. I got to get everything done. And the part of me that would normally just be like, okay, head down, let's fucking do this is now like, nope, there's no bad, there, there's no reserve for that. There's nothing to call on to get over that, over that hurdle. Um, which is really difficult when you're planning a teacher training with only three weeks notice. <laughs> it is, I, I could not relate with that more. I, I feel like fences in my solar plexus that are normally reserved for when I'm understandably exhausted. Uh-huh. And I guess I realize the you know the folly of what i just said of course we're all understandably exhausted it's just like this strange quieter one um you know because it's internal it's inside we're being kept apart like but you know i find my benchmark for no is like i have to put it down can't do it i can't do it right now i can't like the fences to me are what's interesting around my normal ability to like go through my checklist and get shit done yeah and i just got a um a notification of an email that came through that says that was titled 
Are you ready to optimize your schedule? (gasps) (laughs) And so like on top of all of that, we're getting sold this bill of goods that now this new normal gets to be optimized towards a capitalistic end, uh, which is, um, this difficult to contend with. And in the midst of all of that, it's very, um, it's very interesting to be prepping for this, you know, I feel like we cursed ourselves because we, we did an episode like two and a half months back where we were like, oh, we're seeing these online teacher trainings coming up. Like that's going to be the new normal. We don't know what we feel about that. And then we were like asked to put one together <laughs> in part. <laughs> and, and now I'm there, there are parts of it that I'm really ex- excited about um, because it's, it's uh, uh, wonderful to get to um, work with you and then work with Danielle on putting together something that is um, you know, a little outside of the box for, for the studio uh, in terms of, of the way we're organizing the content and the way we're um, organizing the training um, more than just the fact that it's online, like to, just in the way that we're engaging with the material. Uh, and so even, and, and what's interesting to me, even that, which is like so enjoyable to me to sit down and like really think about pedagogy and curriculum and like how, how do I present this material in a way that's useful for people's practice and set the stage for them being able to teach. Um, but even with that stuff, like I, I got done with everything that I had to do yesterday and I just, uh, and I'm, I'm, and I, I'm, I'm sure that maybe Danielle saw it cause I saw, you know, you see people's like sharing the document with you. And I, my cursor was just like <laughs> on a spot in the outline and I would like type one sentence, then I would delete it. And I would start <laughs> type one sentence and like delete it. It was just like a pure short circuit in my head of like, I, I don't even know what, I don't even know what to do. And then I sat for a bit and then I tried to come back to it and was like, no, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. So I guess I'll just uh, wait till tomorrow and see if I can finish putting it all together. Uh-huh. Um, uh, that's really funny because last night my um, uh, module for Marina and I have been working on for a bit. And, but last night was the night that I, I wanted to like format it and flesh it out a bit more. And it was like I had just finished i teach the yoga nidra wednesday night Uh and i write i i write a new one every week i don't know that i'll always do that but yeah don't make any promises you can't keep (laughs) no 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 but what i'm trying to do is like i've got i think like five or six now i i want to get up to a certain number and 
start again and rework them so that yeah. I I have scripts that anyways. So I, you know, I tap into the writing part of my brain for that. And then like the only time I had left was right after I taught. So we're creeping up at like 1030. Yeah. And I've been working since like 9am and taking care of Frankie. And Frankie's like not last night. She didn't sleep great. She, um, she usually sleeps really well, but she was, I don't know what was wrong. She, she woke up and she wasn't like crying but she was kind of moaning and i don't know if she was gassy or what but like you know i was in there a lot and um finally i had this like moment of like energy where i could push through the rest of the fucking outline in like a very short amount of time i saw i saw okay so i saw a meme once that really described it um it was like spend four hours freaking out about the work that you need to do and spend 11 minutes on the actual work <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me. Like the amount of time it actually takes to do something is is pretty minimal. Yeah. It's just finding the right I mean that's I I mean I remember that from um uh from grad school. Like I there would be I mean the whole first year there would just be days where I just sat in front of the piano and it was just like clanging away and it was like nothing good is coming of this. How am I going to write something? that is like going to comprise a thesis and then i just for whatever reason things clicked in and then the entire month of august i wrote the whole fucking thing just like heads down no no talking to other people no interruptions just and then just like walked in to uh my my teacher, but it was also my advisor's office, like threw the score down on the piano and was like, there, it's done. But, yeah. but so, and, and we were talking about this before the call. Uh, I, I do find it interesting that that is, uh, um, that trait links up very nicely with the, with the description of, of my, my dosha. Um, in Ayurveda and every Ayurvedic practitioner that I've gone to says that it, it like that is a you know a trait that makes sense that there is this like is that short pitta? sustained yeah short sustained like burn but if you try and if you try and ca- carry that if you try it, and make it last too long um you're fucked <laughs> you do, yeah yeah fucked. it's it, it's like uh, above average production for a shorter period of time, but yeah. like trying to mellow it out for sustainability doesn't really work. So you have to learn how to ride the waves. I, I yeah. really relate with that. And I don't think I'm Pitta, although in some ways I'm super fiery and have yeah. some Pitta qualities, but I also have a lot of, I'm pretty tri- tridoshic. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways. This has become now astrology, now Ayurveda, now. <laughs> No, let's just a mile wide and an inch deep this episode. <laughs> no, but I, uh, I, 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 I really relate with that. When I was in, when I was in school, it was like nothing, nothing, nothing. And then finally, when the energy was right, when my mood was right, when the stars aligned, I could just crank it, um, yeah. crank it all out and crank it well. And one of my teachers said, "Look, you're working on things even when you don't realize you're working on them." Oh, yeah, that's fair. Like your subconscious is integrating and making sense of things. And I, I 
so when you were pounding away on the piano or when I was watching Netflix or getting drunk, whatever, like, <laughs> things are percolating in the background. It is on your mind without being in the front of your mind, which is why some of our best ideas come from the shower. Um, and yeah. it's also one of the reasons I really like yoga nidra. I find that it is a semi-wakeful time for you to allow creative processing without thinking directly on an issue. Sure. Yeah. Not just creative processing, but processing in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yes, to all of that, which by the way, this is a shameless plug. I'm in the middle of uh, creating a, a three week workshop, Ryan. Ryan, it's my first three week workshop that involves writing and <gasps> yoga. Anyways, yeah, and it's it's a lot of what we're talking about today, which yeah. is interesting. Um, it's like for three weeks, uh, let's identify a project. Like everything is self-identified. You have to come to this yeah. with ideas yeah. of what you want to do, but like how to, you know, humiliate your goals. Um, <laughs> is that going to be the title of the workshop now? <laughs> There's going to be V-neck t-shirts. Um, no, but like the deep idea bees. is... Deep, deep Vs. I'm sorry, you can't see me right now, but I'm gesticulating toward the V. Anyways, uh, I, it is something I'm interested in and, and how to do that without it feeling like achievement-based and more like process and habit-based. Yeah. How did we get here? We're talking about writing and creative surges. Oh, we're talking about the uh, getting this TT done. Like every, it's supposed to be, you know, for some people it's like quiet time. Yeah. Uh, and it has not been that over in no. this farmstead. No. I'm, and when I speak with friends who are distinctly bored with their time, I'm uh, like, I get a little jealous. <laughs> a little like, I have done more work in this time period than I ever have. <laughs> Not ever. Um, but it certainly feels that way. It feels like sort of constant um, work to be done and uh, um, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, that's it's it's really nice to have something to focus on and 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 then also to have a little bit more time to practice just because we're not or I'm not commuting to anywhere <laughs> just commuting from my bed onto my mat my <laughs> kitchen for coffee and then back to my mat And then with all of this, you know, uh, we're recording this on the, what's the date today? The, the 14th, May 14th. 14th. So uh, I don't know if you saw this on your feed, but um, they made the announcement that they were going to make the announcement about what the reopening plan, like the details of the reopening <laughs> plan on Monday. 
like the 18th. Yeah. So the, Massachusetts the is you guys. You guys are are slower than Rhode Island's already in phase one of reopening. So oh wow! You guys, okay. Uh, we'll be in phase one. They're going to announce that on Monday, right? No, they're not going to announce that they're in. Uh, my understanding is that the they're not announcing they're in phase one. They're announcing what the phases will be. Will be. And I don't think that. And and I've asked around with some folks who know things and um, their sense is that we have not met the met the standard for phase one. So that this is just the announcement of of what the what the plan is is happening on Monday. Um, and that will uh And everyone's trying to like speculate what the phase one businesses that will be allowed to open are. And I'm like, don't think your gym is a phase one <laughs> business because it's not. <laughs> and he, and my, I saw some friends in Ohio who are massage therapists and they, um, they were given the green light to go back to work and none of them are. They're just like, that's stupid. We're not. Oh, wow. Um, so it's, it's one thing to green light. It's another thing to, you know, are people willing to go back to, to, um, to working in physical spaces again. And, and I, I think, I think we're going to, um, in my mind, the yo-yo effect of like reopening and then pulling everybody back is actually worse than just staying staying put for a couple of couple more months um and and ha- getting more information um but my various feeds lit up with like oh my god we're everything's gonna be open on monday and i was like no no no, no. Re- read read <laughs> read read <laughs> Um, yeah, I, um, had to drive through downtown Boston on, uh, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. It was like the first time I've enjoyed, first of all, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> driving through. but, uh, it's eerie. Yeah. It's, it's eerie. And I don't, um, It's it's so un. Everything is just so unknown, and and so like even my own mind tries to like grasp for. A sort of like a, a very like concrete if then statement like, if they figure out this, then we can do that. If they figure out this, then we could do that. Like, you know, it tries to like find a logical way through it and and i don't think that there is i think it's i think it's pretty um i think we're uh just going to be in this odd state of limbo for quite a while and i'm grateful to live in a state that's that's being conservative about about the whole about the whole thing um uh and from what 
we're seeing in other places that have opened up. Maybe other places should be more cautious. <clears throat> um, but I also think it's just interesting because, you know, especially when you look at the yoga world um, and, you know, I, I have my complicated feelings about Matthew Remsky, um, very complicated feelings about Matt, Matthew Remsky, but he's been writing some really, um, I just find them amusing. Uh, I'm not sure if they're meant to be amusing, but I'm never, I never am sure with him. Um, uh, posts about the intersection between conspiracy theorists uh uh yoga mlm cult like there's there's a intersection of those of those venn diagrams that is is very uh clear in this time of of uh in this time of coronavirus uh and i have to say most of the people on my feed uh None who I know super well, but most of the people that I see on Facebook and, and even a little bit on Instagram are, you know, that, that are indulging in these sort of pandemic um, uh, conspiracy theory type, type jargon. Um, uh, they're longtime yoga practitioners. What is the conspiracy theory? I, by the way, I've reduced my news intake. Uh, I mean, I don't even really want to want to like repeat Give it because there's a there's a number of them out there. Uh, but basically, like this is a you know, this is all a a, a plan and a plot towards some some end, some nefarious uh, end. Okay. Uh, and depending on who you ask, the plot is being executed by someone different, and then the various end is slightly different. Um, uh, and most of them cast Bill Gates as some sort of evil uh, mastermind. Uh... <laughs> uh, and um, it's just like... You know, everyone can obviously think what they want to think, but sometimes it's just better to not say anything or not post anything, you know? And this would be one of those times. Like, even if, even if, you know, I see some of these acquaintances of, of mine posting things about this stuff and it, I just want to be like, you know, there are people out there like in hospitals busting their ass to try and keep people alive. So even if you think this is the case, like why don't you shut the fuck up for a hot second and um you know, keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> so because they probably think that sharing it is uh doing the right thing. Doing some sort of service. You know, there are bodhisattva. Um <laughs> If I hear that word abused one more time, I'm going to like jump through a screen and punch someone. Good um, God. I haven't heard anybody use it in a while. Um, I, I was in a, 
I, a friend of mine invited me to come to a, like a virtual meditation gathering. Um, uh, and it was like Sunday and I had nothing to do. And I was just like, okay, I'll just, I'll, I'll pop on this. And um, I won't say the name of the center, but, um, uh, but the person leading it was someone who I'd heard talks from before and, and, and generally find, find her to be a, a funny human being and, and, uh, kind human being uh and at one point she read this whole thing about a bodhisattva in the time of coronavirus and um uh and yeah i guess for for context so bodhisattva um is sort of this idea in buddhism that you you know the, the baseline buddhist teachings leading towards some sort of personal enlightenment and then the realization that my enlightenment is wrapped up in yours and is wrapped up in yours and yours and yours. So it actually makes no sense for there to be a, any liberation of oneself without turning back around and helping everyone else, helping everybody else. Um, that's like a very um, like scratch the surface mile wide inch deep um, <laughs> uh, uh, description. And oftentimes, and, and this, there was no different here, it's painted with this like really flowery language of compassion and kindness. And, and the thing is that, yes, and there's quite a bit of iconography in terms of bodhisattvas who are quite wrathful and, and, and sharp and clear. And um, there's an acknowledgement that sometimes what is compassionate is actually quite difficult um and quite um can seem quite um harsh but not harsh coming from sort of an egocentric point of view which is the tricky thing which is why people tend to leave that part of the equation out of the out of the um discussion especially when they're just scratching the surface but i was kind of like in that moment i was like this is not the time to only have that one side of the equation it's the time to acknowledge that both like both are both are are needed if that's if that's a if that's a phrase that you're actually going to sit with and practice with and try to try to embody it's not this just sort of oh i'm just going to be kind to everybody no that's not it like that's not it that's not jesus it. was a table flipper <laughs> I, no, but it's it's true, and this is something that eats at me. Yeah. Throughout my life, I've had, I've contended with the criticism that you get more flies with honey and round your teeth a little bit. Yeah. And there's part of me that is like, you have to do both. Yeah. Be a strategic communicator and also it's like okay to express I don't know I don't know I'm, I'm like tired of defending I don't know I, I'm, I'm just I'm making the um what did you find oh my goodness did you find a seltzer <gasps> she found a seltzer anyways yes but uh and Jesus was arguably a bodhisattva. Yes. 
some might say. Um, but it's it's not even like I find it helpful to because that's a, like a very lofty word. It's just to acknowledge that sometimes the um, the that it is very nebulous to know what is the like the compassionate act is not always so clear cut. Um, and uh, you know if and it so often is used as a way to bypass the real truth of what is going on um and uh so it's like those are the two things i see people sort of approaching this with one is with uh or not just two there's probably others but the two that have been sort of circulating this week is like the um conspiracy theory from the yoga lens and or just this like oh we all have to be kind and compassionate towards one another and and there's there's more truth to that uh, than i think that the the other um mainstream of thought i've been seeing coming coming at me um through various news and social media um outlets uh and then it just feels so tone deaf to be like oh we just have to be kind and it's it's like it, you know in some ways it's also like the like clapping for the hospital workers it's like okay great but now what like now what are you going to do because the clapping isn't going to help them. Yeah. It's like, don't not do it. But like, that's not going to help. Don't <laughs> not post something about um, a black man getting killed, the mob getting killed but for running in, in, in his neighborhood. Um, but do you... don't just post a slide that you copied from someone else, then what do you do? And that's actually to me where it gets hard because then you're, you have to sit with, well, I don't fucking know what to do. And that's all, like nobody fucking knows what to do. Um, and so we find these little ways to like make it feel like we're doing something helpful, clapping, posting, whatever. Um, and I don't say that to discourage it because that, that can be really, um, really useful um, and really um make someone or bring awareness to somebody about something that's going on or, or, um, you know, you don't know how, how something that you do or say is going or post is going to hit somebody in, in a positive way, or for that matter, in a negative way. Um, but I am just always, uh, 
finding myself sitting back being like, what? What the, like at the end of the day, we still don't have any answer about what the fuck to do. <laughs> and so we have to, we have to sit with that and, and sort of lean into that. And, um, And then it just kind of brings me always back to a simple kind of reflection on what um, what do I what do I want or how do I want to be uh, through this through this weird confused time um and uh you know that that's where the ability to practice actually really comes in handy um but also doesn't necessarily give you any clear answers You're muted. I know. <laughs> I've been seeing some um, really great writing online about the ups and downs of this and how, um, you know, one day can feel so normal and right <laughs> or, or more peaceful like and if every day were like this this would be all right we'd get through this yeah and then there are those days and it's more likely it, it's not really a day it's it's a pocket of time it's a, a you know it's a bad hour um but i've been reading some really vulnerable things uh from some writers that have been helpful and one of them was uh, i think it was in the atlantic and it was it was a uh, no let me let me get my source. It was a day in the life of different types of parents. Uh-huh. And it was so honest about how people are trying to not be, not get fired and be a shitty employee and are also um, really being a, for lack of better words, a, you know, a shitty parent. And, um, it's like you can't you can't you can't do both this is just the season of in some ways failure or reframing what we think success is and um it's really hard to do that because i know personally i feel like i should be able to i should be able to do all of this better mm-hmm. i feel like i should be able to use this time to clean my apartment and to have a curriculum for my two-year-olds and to, (laughs) and to, and to fill in the voids of social activity and outdoor play and things that were in place. Like I should be able to replicate and create that while keeping a roof over the head, over our heads and, you know, being able to pay bills. And I'm not, I fail, I fail, I fail. There's more screen time than I'm proud of. And, um, you know, there's, you know, I, I think kids are seeing their parents more vulnerable than they mm-hmm. 
otherwise would have. And um, I just think there isn't enough recognition of the fact that this is genuinely like survival mode. So when people share the, the whole like, all that's being asked of you is to stay home. You can do that. Like our grandparents, like yeah. went to war. And there's part of me that's like, uh, uh-huh. Uh, it, it's more complicated than that. Yeah. It's distinctly more complicated. Than the that. structures of support that were in place, I, I didn't even notice until yeah. they were taken. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I my my tips for the week are <laughs> I don't have any. I don't I'm not good at this. Yeah. I'm really not. Um it, I'll I'll, I'll give you my just, vulner Isn't your tip to just go out and humiliate your goals? <laughs> Freaking humiliate them. Um, no, my tip is, my tip is, where is this freaking article that Gabby shared with me? It was so good. Was it a text? Um, (laughs) like freaking we talk on every platform. It's not useful. Uh, I, oh, New York times. Uh, it came out May 13th and it's in the opinion section. It's called parenting coronavirus burnout. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, so on point but uh you know so my advice my my coronavirus advice right now is if you're doing teletherapy uh you know sign up for an extra session if you're lucky and can afford excuse me you can afford that and uh some insurance companies are waiving copays right now for mental health stuff so you know uh if you're not doing your mental health stuff maybe do it yeah yeah i would say that my advice is to shower but i haven't showered in okay so i, I skipped a day it's not a big I skipped deal today i managed to shower this morning but i had skipped like four days prior to that I got to get in there. I got to get into the, it, it's like going to church, going to the shower. It's like, man, I don't want to go, but I always feel better. Yeah. Although I never felt better leaving church. So I don't know about that analogy. But <laughs> I want to go in a small area and feel some shame about my body. So that's how it's similar to yeah. church. <laughs> so I'm feeling less shame about my body now these days. So that's good too. Um, I have no tips. I have no tips. Um, here's a tip. Uh, grow some broccoli. You just need one 12-inch container. Oh, and you really? can grow a beautiful blossom of your own broccoli. How oh, about wow. that? How container about that? gardening. It, it's, there's nothing more optimistic than gardening. <laughs> and uh, the other thing about it is, don't you feel like we've stopped talking about the future and that's how this episode started really was about goals and goals are a deep form of optimism. Yeah, they are like above all, like they're problematic in some ways, but they are a way to take you out of the moment and bring you into the hope for the future, which has good and bad sides. 
because uh, it takes yeah. you out of the present. But sometimes it's good to be out of the present and ask for more. Yeah. Or something to build or contribute or do. But during this time, talking about the future hasn't been happening as much because normally we're talking about things we might do. Yeah. Places we might go, people we might see. So we don't have that right now. Yeah. So it's okay to take other goals out into the street and strip them down, cover them in bacon, <laughs> swear at them. Why Put bacon? A strong hose. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like meat, meat on the goal. Put your meat on the goal. That's chapter one. <laughs> I'm still workshopping it. I'm going to continue to buy bras that don't fit so okay. no one can see them and Great. so that I don't wear them. That's a hobby. You could. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you, do you have any tips? I, I have no tips. I, I have no, I have no tips. Um, none. Yeah, you do. <laughs> No tips, just uh, I feel like so much of this for me is just like when I step back and think about like even just six well, more like like eight months ago I was thinking about keeping the studio going for another two years and a plan to figure out how to do that. And now here we are. And it's kind of mind blowing. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Eight months ago looked real different for yeah. both of us. <laughs> yeah. But here we are. All right. I feel really unsatisfied that you won't give me any tips for living as an adult. <laughs> um, let's see if I can pull one deep from within my deep from within my soul. Um, this may only apply to me. Um, but I know that other people have been having similar disturbed sleep patterns. Um, uh, this week has been the, I'm grateful, knock on wood, that it has not been the, um, just not able to go to bed, uh, cause that ha has happened historically sometimes and that is harder to deal with. But this week we've been doing the, let's sleep for two hours and then wake up for like 45 minutes and then sleep for two hours and wake up for 45 minutes and then sleep like oh that only happened once last night so i feel like we're i feel like it's that we're settling um but uh i've just been not fighting it and just kind of been like okay i'm up now and then i plop down on my meditation cushion and I sit 
and in a very like informal way. I just kind of let my mind kind of go wherever it wants to go. And um, it's really interesting to, um, and sometimes I, I write too, but most of the time uh, not. Um, and uh, And then to watch whatever anxiety or whatever energy sort of wind itself out and like observe getting tired again and then roll back into bed and go to sleep for another two hours and then so I've just been like not fighting it um just like I've been trying to not fight when I hit a wall of I can't do anything anymore um and uh that's been, um, I mean, it still sucks not to get a full night sleep, but it is, it, it at least is a, is a different, um, different approach than what I've historically taken. Um, uh, I like that. Yeah. Whatever comes up, less resistance around it. Yeah. Cause there's just no precedent for this. So it's not like, is just trying to have some understanding for like, oh yeah, it makes sense that I'd be having some pretty fucking disturbed nights of, of sleep right now. That that that's pretty normal. Um, or being inexplicably tired. Yes, just inexpli- exactly inexplicably inexplicably exhausted is also the state. So that's all. That's all I have from the. Um, um, Oh, that and and I'm you. I would say historically, when I've tried to actually write stuff down in the context of of practice, um, uh, like a sort of formal reflection practice, uh, and I don't like the word journaling because journaling sounds like I it it's coming out in like prose, and like sometimes it does. But sometimes it's literally just words <laughs> and like arrows and like mm-hmm. it just it's not it doesn't feel like journaling it it, it all the time um, and uh, I have found myself through this process feeling a lot more comfortable just kind of like letting whatever sort of splats onto the paper in a sort of Jackson Pollock-esque <laughs> collection of, of words and characters be just okay and not feeling like I have to have a completely formed thought to, to um, put it down somewhere. Um, so that has been, that has been helpful. Good. Yeah. I like that. Maybe I should take your writing workshop humiliating your writing goals (laughs) i am all about uh starting to carve out more time to offer workshop accountability spaces for cultivating more writing yeah now not a place for people to like share and uh, they can if they want, but like f- for the most part, it's a uh, community of accountability and sharing 
uh, that you are writing. Yeah. Um, because I, I've been, you know, it's been a bit since I've done that and I miss it. Yeah. And, um, it ties so closely into the practice for me. Um, Mm -hmm. those two things are forms of self-care along with reading. Yeah. Read, write yoga. And those are a way to uh, contend with and interact with the world that uh, can help, help you transmute something. Yeah. If transmutation is what is required. Indeed. I also love the feeling of cracking open a new notebook. Oh. Isn't that the best? Well, my life is full of quarter-filled notebooks. Quarter-filled notebooks. That's the name of my book. I've been, um, so I go back and forth. This This is a digression between like a very like grid notebook like the actual like I love the grids um yes. to like a blank page but n- nowhere in between <laughs> it's gonna be one or well, the, the lines other. are awful yeah the lines are too big and yes. like I feel like a child somehow like, so they don't trust me. me on to these uh the this sort of moleskin? black they have like a leathery not leathery is it moleskin no it's not it's the it's a sketchbook actually um it's a Strathmore um sketchbook but um the pages are nice and thick Ooh. and um that's a it, sexy notebook and it uh um it's that every teacher i know uh has a first of all their own own that i every teacher i know that i work with regularly has like a shelf full of notebooks of their particular like style and liking um, that are just filled with practice notes and and ideas and and stuff um, and uh, it's very interesting interesting quirk of everybody that I've ever worked with is just like stacks and stacks and stacks of things like this and, I've stopped doing that yeah um, and I'm not recommending stopping doing that for just yeah to be clear I um the reason I have stopped doing that is because of my writing life I have as I have described I have cases and cases of journals that are half full fully full and a quarter full and are um at some point I'm using the Marie Kondo method to go through them at some point right now but I started to accumulate those with yoga too and for me it became a gesture of anxiety of um uh, gripping and holding on to a class. And I, I know that this is faulty. There's two sides to this. Cause there's sometimes it would be nice to refer to a wonderful class, but I also have been cultivating a deep trust in my ability to call forth those sequences for the class in front of me at a given time. Sure. You know, like when I think about sequencing, I think about it being like a ephemeral of the moment thing based on who's there and what I know about certain things when you put them together, at least in my body. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's been an act of letting go and an act of uh, trying to step away from my hoarding instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I will write down things I have said. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, it, it's very interesting. Like sometimes, like for years I would do the like parsing 
of like, this notebook is for this and this notebook is for this. And now it's very much like, no, this is just the notebook where I'm writing everything down. And then when it's done, I scribble the dates on the spine and shelve it. And I almost never refer, um, I almost never refer back to them looking for sequences. Sometimes I refer back to them looking for notes that I've taken or diagrams that I've drawn. Um, but I, every once in a while, I will do the work of going back, like not last week, but like years back and like paging through what I was teaching and what I was practicing and just having that as a reference of like, Oh, that's interesting that, uh, cause sometimes you're like, wow, why the fuck was I doing that? And sometimes you're like, Oh, that's actually a really good idea that I kind of stopped teaching and stopped practicing. Um, let me pull it forth from my, from my brain. Um, and, and again, it's not like I do that all the time and I'm actually probably due to do that again. Um, at some point this year. Uh, but it is really fascinating to go back and and page through. Um, it is, but it's a part-time job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's one I don't have time for. And uh, for me, letting go of the journaling has helped me to edit my teaching. Uh-huh. I am less complicated. Yeah. I teach simpler sequences, and I think I'm better for it. Yeah. Like that's, I don't see that as the case with you. You use it for a different thing. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean, but I'm just, I'm just sort of like my, the way I abuse the hoarding of <laughs> journals is as such. Yeah. Um, okay. So everyone go humiliate their goals. <laughs> do it. Um, and. Bacon uh, or not. It's fine. If you're vegetarian. When does this go up? Sunday? Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you're interested in the um, workshops and you got any workshops coming up? Yes. On the 7th of June, we were going to do, obviously it was going to be in studio, uh, a mid, uh, a sort of afternoon retreat. Um, sort of going back and forth between asana practice and and seated meditation and uh we're gonna try to do it online and see what happens um so nice. it's i believe it's one to one to five thirty. i could be wrong about that um and uh we'll just take the afternoon to um settle into a little more practice um which which i'm excited about um uh, and I'm uh, doing reemerge and reimagine. It's a three week Sunday nights, three Sunday nights in a row from seven p.m. to nine p.m. Mm-hmm. Read, reading and writing and yoga and habit identification mm-hmm. and potentially experimenting with dropping and adding a new habit in the course mm. of this. <laughs> we sound like Skeksis from Dark Crystal. Oh. <laughs> 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 my stone. <laughs> Steal her essence. 
That was almost Yoda. <laughs> yeah, it's Dark Crystal. It's all tied in. Okay. Well, this has been this unrolled. This has been unrolled. Yes, it has been. Bye. Bye.